0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 58 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the U.S. Uh, The U.S.? Was there a T in that word? There definitely isn't. Uh, I'm your host, Brian, and uh, welcome back, everyone. A special hello to our new beer club members this month, and another special hello to our co-host for these episodes, my good friend, Ben. How's it going, Ben?
1: Hello, I'm great.
0: How are you? I am doing well. I have had a. I'm a little stressed, uh, I will say. I'm going to vacation tomorrow. I always stress out before I go because I uh, think I'm going to forget something. And, well, and yeah. then I, I do forget something. Uh, yeah. It's confirmed well, every time. You
1: want to get the stress out now as much as you can before. Ideally, you're not stressed when, when, when you're away
0: yeah I, I like that. That's a more much more uh like healthy proactive approach to it. I'm getting the stress out now, so then yeah, I'm on vacation, I can relax. I won't take my laptop with me. I won't work on vacation. I don't Those have a healthy, lies. proactive
1: approach to most things, but in terms of stress, I feel like I've got you there.
0: Ben, you want to give us a little bit of background on your uh, relationship with beer?
1: Um, yes, I, I have a long and storied relationship. With beer, um, first and foremost, I am uh, a brewery tour guide in person in Portland, Oregon, for our sister company, City Brew Tours. Um, I also lead homebrew experiences for Brewvana, and as as well as um, other experiences for our other sister company, Unboxed uh, Beer and Cheese Pairings and what have you. Uh, but but most of all, most importantly, I live in a wonderful beer state that is Oregon, USA. And my day-to-day existence is uh, bookended and defined by beer and going to breweries.
0: Uh, yes, I have visited your wonderful city where you live a couple of times. And uh, the wonderful state where you live, excuse me. And there's uh, amazing beer scenes all over the place. Of course, Portland uh, is known for having uh, going back and forth with the other Portland as the most uh, breweries per capita in a single city. Uh, last I heard, they were sitting right around 85. But we're not talking about Portland this month. But I mean, I I suppose Portland will probably sneak in there a couple times. But anyways, new episode, new month, new co-host. I think we all know what that means we've got a new city to feature. And since I spilled the beans at the end of the last episode, there's no surprise when I tell you our next featured city is the thunder egg capital of the world, Bend, Oregon. Ben, you're a Portland resident. Do you ever get down to Bend? Be- Bend much?
1: I, 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 Ben, do not get down to Bend nearly as much as I would like. Um, so if you look at it on map. It's about a three and a half hour drive, which for a lot of people, and especially people on the East Coast of the U.S., seems like it's probably nothing. The deal with the Northwest and with Oregon specifically is that uh, it's a treacherous drive. It's a very it's a very harrowing three and a half hours. The last time I was in Bend, I will be completely honest, I, I don't remember too much of it. There was definitely beer involved um, as well as possibly some other recently decriminalized substances. Who's to say? Um, I do know, however, that I had a wonderful time in that city and I would love to go back. So I'm super excited that this is our featured city this month. A lot of the beers that we're going to be drinking are near and dear to me. So yeah i'm i'm ready to to kick this sucker off
0: uh yeah i bend was a town i connected with i could see myself living there uh this was a town right up my alley great beer scene of course but you're you have one foot in nature the entire time you're in the city the mountains are overlooking the entire area there's beautiful hiking all around there's a wonderful butte smack dab in the middle of the city that overlooks the city and looks out into the mountains and uh there's great mountain biking and great streams and great uh, snow sports in the winter. And it's just a uh, excellent time to use my Pittsburgh a little bit there, <laughs> uh, that harrowing drive. I remember cause I took a bus from bend oh, to gosh. Portland to take a flight out of Portland and come back here home. And, uh, <laughs> I was just blown away. It's like we're in the mountains and then we go into the forest and then you're at the foot of, or not at the foot, but you're near Mount Hood and it's this dense lush forest. And I was happy that I was not driving because I could look at everything. And also, yeah, it seems like it's up and down and it would not be uh, an easy drive. You, you drive through
1: several climates in that <laughs> three and a half hours. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, like Bend is a place where a lot of Portlanders move on to when they've established like, all right, what I want out of my Northwest life is this, this wilder, uh, more natural existence. When you get tired of, and this is going to sound really silly, uh, comparing Portland to other cities, but when when you get tired of the hustle and the bustle of Portland city life, you want to move to somewhere like Bend and then you can really relax. Because um, we joke that like Portland is a retirement city for millennials, uh, but Bend is is somewhere where you actually go and you've decided what you want out of living in this part of the country. That's a very
0: good way to look at that. I love but, that. But-
1: yeah, the, the harrowing nature of the drive um, is it's another great example of what I realized last year when I drove from Portland to, to you in Pittsburgh <laughs> is that the the more beautiful the drive is, the scarier it is. <laughs> it's, it always seems to correlate.
0: Yeah, and uh, we will definitely be getting more into that harrowing Drive across the country, and I'm sure other stories throughout this month. But those of you watching tonight are loyal subscribers. Shout out to you. We'd love to hear about your experiences in Bend and Oregon at large. So throw those in the chat. Uh, we're going to call these episodes here the Bend episodes. I'm going to get a lot of legs out of that joke, Ben. Get ready to get. That's tired. fine.
1: I, you prepped me for this and I, I I won't die inside a little bit every time you do it.
0: So we're kicking off the month uh, with two featured breweries. We're going to be drinking beers from Crox Fermentation Project as well as Bridge 99 Brewery. We're going to be sipping on the Crocs Pills and the Tiramisu Porter from Bridge 99.
1: And uh, little bird told me we've got a guest tonight as well. Jason Randall's, the marketing director for Crux Fermentation Project, will be joining us. Um, and can we
0: can we crack open this beer now? Yeah, yeah. I already cracked okay. mine open. Uh, okay, cool. Let's do this. And if you haven't at home, you don't have to follow along and wait wait for us to open the beers. But if you haven't, please open that tiramisu porter and let's get into drinking some beers tonight. I poured heavy as always and got this big giant head of foam i mean apart from the fact that my background
1: is bleeding into it it looks mostly normal (laughs) here we go
0: you can see there's a beer there that's what you miss out on when you don't join the live stream cheers ben cheers everyone at home cheers very much tiramisu description uh, from bridge 99 using extra oat malt for a natural light slight creaminess and then concentrated small amounts of dark roasted malts for the coffee car- caramel flavor, we ended up with a very drinkable and not overly sweet porter, which uh, I would I would I would I would agree with. Not overly sweet, nice drinkable for our subscribers. The friend our friends at Bridge ninety nine also sent these nice uh, coasters. I will add it to my collection of coasters here. Ben, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not as sweet as I would have expected from. a a beer named after a dessert. And so, I mean, a lot of places use uh, lactose nowadays to get those dessert like flavors. And you often, um, when it's not done quite as well, you'll end up with something rather cloying Mm -hmm. Um, this, however, just, I, I mean, I don't know if there's lactose in this or not. It doesn't taste like there is. This is really actually well balanced because in the other end of the spectrum, usually with a, a, a darker beer that is in that dessert category is if it's not overly sweet, it's got this um, sort of not not a hop bitterness but like a like a like a coffee bitterness. Um, but this doesn't have that. This is like actually really enjoyable and uh, I'm probably gonna drink it really fast.
0: Well, good for you. We have a second beer tonight. Let's take a beer break and talk about the name of one of our featured breweries, Bridge 99. The brewery is named for the Lower Bridge that crosses the Metolius River in the Deschutes National Forest. The Metolius is a catch and release only river that offers anglers some of the most scenic remote fly fishing in Oregon. The Lower Bridge, also known as Bridge 99, serves as a marking point for anglers with fishing restricted to fly fishing only upstream of the bridge. Downstream. A riverside trail continues from the bridge and provides access to some of the harder to reach areas of the river. The calm water evolves into rapids with the potential for class 4 hazards due to the number of tree branches that can make their way into the water. Nonetheless, anglers willing to make this treacherous journey can be rewarded with a one-of-a-kind experience. Our friends at Bridge 99 Brewery pay ode to the special area of the Metolius by taking Bridge 99 as their namesake. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, we also got these cool uh, passport books from our friends at VisitBend. Wonderful inclusions. And thanks uh, for supporting us and supporting our listeners with great inclusions. I'm going to say inclusions one more time. Uh, and I think it's time uh, we get right into the other part of the show. So uh, please join me in welcoming the aforementioned marketing director for Crux Fermentation Project,
2: Jason Randalls. I guess it would help if I unmuted myself and turned on my video. So here I am. Hey, it's, it's par for the course. A little <laughs> bit of technical difficulties. Thanks for having me and uh, cheers to my invisible can of beer here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cheers to the ghost beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, uh, Jason. And uh, just we'll get right down to it. Um, I want to talk about the name. Um, And this is something I think that'll jump out to a lot of people who aren't familiar with y'all yet. You don't call yourselves Crux Brewing Company or Crux Brewery. It's Crux Fermentation Project. I have some of my own ideas about what that evokes for me, but I want to hear it from you. Why that name specifically?
2: Yeah, that's a great question and a great uh, lead into, I think, the Crux story. And uh, it just kind of it goes back, you know, we've been around for 10 years and we were founded by a veteran brewmaster and a marketing agency guy that's, that was very well versed in rebranding and, and doing some, some cool stuff. So when they came together, like how, you know, this was a, a passion project for everyone and just they, they were able to take their time and put a lot of thought into it. And there are a lot of breweries and brewing companies out there already. So how, you know, to be a little bit different, we went with fermentation project, but also our master brewer founder, Larry Sador, just has always loved fermentation and had dabbled in other stuff prior to Crux. And so he wanted to leave the door open and not just limit ourselves to beer. And so since then we have fulfilled that dream in making our own wine, making our own cider, Releasing our own whiskey. And uh, in the early days, we even dabbled in some pickling. So, uh, but haven't done that in a while. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice any
0: pickles for sale when I visited the tap room. There were many cool things uh, about the tap room that I'd like to talk about. But let's start with the location itself. It, it used to be in AMCO Station, right?
2: Correct. Yes, it was an AMCO transmission shop before it was Crux. And before AMCO, it was a mill supply store for the lumber mills that operated just down the hill from us. And we're in the center of town. And so I'm jumping ahead here, but that's where the name comes from, Crux. We're in the Crux of Bend, the dead center uh, where the street names turn from west to east and north to south. And even though we're in the center of town, we're hard to get to because we've got some dead end roads and some no outlet signs. He's got to ignore those and, and you'll find us.
0: My, uh, my Uber driver, when I first came there was complaining the entire way of, uh, going around and he like three times, he was like, Oh, it's right there. It's right there, but yep. we can't get to it. It's right there. Yep. But
2: uh, <laughs> So yes. we kind of love that we're in the heart of town, but we're hard to get to.
1: So, um, You mentioned uh, as part of the name that with, you didn't want to limit yourselves to just beer with it being a project of fermentation. Uh, I'm going to say a word that some of our subscribers might find to be a dirty word right now. Seltzers are a big hit in the industry of course they have been for the last few years um but you guys have gone a different direction and you've actually started releasing non-alcoholic beers and i guess the best way for me to round off this question is with the simple
2: why yes why well we skipped over the seltzer trend again uh larry Sador, our founder and brewmaster has been brewing beer for longer than i've been alive 40 plus years. And he'd gone through a few of those seltzer trends and he wasn't that excited about hopping on this particular one. Uh, So we skipped that. And then when the NA came along, he's like, Hey, you know what? I did a lot of those back in my time at Olympia Brewing Company and PAPS back in the day. And I need to redeem myself and make one that's worth drinking and one I'd want to drink. And so... (laughs) And we have the equipment to do that and the knowledge to do that. So yeah, we've released um, a, a Nomo is the lineup. That's what we that's what we call our non alcoholic beers. We have an IPA, a hazy IPA, and then last week we actually released our our third beer, just tasting them only as a test batch. But it's uh, basically a hazy IPA brewed with the Strata hops, and uh, they're Ooh. all quite refreshing and nice. tasty. Uh,
0: I want to follow up on something there. You said the the equipment to brew it without getting too far into maybe proprietary processes does it take special equipment or like what does that entail different from a normal brew system you know
2: oh yeah i may have misspoken there i mean we have a mash filter which i think uh is kind of a secret weapon for us Mm. i don't i mean that's not required to brew it i mean there's several different ways of brewing NA. Beers and everyone's kind of dabbling it in different ways, whether it's a you know a you know a, the uh, the yeast strain that has low fermentation or whatever. But we brew it in the traditional sense of brewing beer, and we're not stripping it through an osmosis machine or anything. But uh, we're just trying to make it pure and drinkable. And you know, as we're all getting older and definitely not thinner, you know, throwing in a few NA beers there in the mix uh, helps out the calorie intake and the buzz factor. I don't know if I've, I don't think I've had anything from athletic or any of the big NAs yet. So I have to, uh,
0: maybe, maybe I can talk Ben into shipping me some, some no
2: Yeah. It's, it's a trend that's, I mean, it's blowing up. It's crazy. Five years ago, no one was talking about or thinking about non-alcoholic IPAs. And now so many people are making them and athletics crushing it. And, uh, we're, you know, we're doing pretty well here in our local market. Well, it's funny because for
0: a while, craft beer was, uh, let's not compete with the big guys. Let's not try to brew American light lager. Let's not try to do what they're doing. Let's jump uh, and just do our weird thing. Let's do super hoppy IPAs and sour beers and stouts. And now it's like, well, we're coming at you because pe- people want to come and drink at our fun tap rooms and enjoy the experiences we're having here. So we want to provide the things that you know they're looking for. doesn't matter who's doing it out there.
2: Exactly. And I think the trajectory is kind of the same. I mean, craft beer exploded because everyone was tired of drinking flavorless light beer, you know, Miller light, Coors light, whatever. And then I think the same thing with NA beers, all you could drink was Oduls and, and some of the others. And then Heineken came out and then all of a sudden Kraft was like, Hey, we can do this too and provide a flavorful option. And uh, you know, the, the fans have spoken people. We've received some great uh, emails from fan uh, from our Nomo drinkers just saying, thank you for brewing this, <laughs> giving me this flavorful option. So those have been fun to see. That's awesome. Uh, So you've been with Crux
0: for seven years now, you know, watching the brewery uh, grow and evolve
2: over these years. Do you have a proudest moment? That's an interesting question. I have not thought about that. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've been with the company about a little over half of its lifespan. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary and I work with a great group of guys that we we have all known each other for more than that because we all worked together back at the shoots uh, for several years back in the day before Crux existed. My proudest moment, man, that's a great question. I mean, one one thing is just I think getting this NOMO line up off the ground has been a fun one to be a part of, and then just evolving the brand uh, look and feel since that's what I was brought on to do and being able to uh, just keep that fresh and come up with uh, new designs for new beers has been really fun. So uh, that's probably my favorite part of the job.
1: Well, as excited as I am to learn more about the non-alcoholic beer, I am more excited to crack open this Crux Pills. Uh, yeah, you need so, to catch
2: up, man. Yeah, I I, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, this is, this is a beer that I've had uh, many, many times before. This is abundantly available and my neck of the woods. And I love it a lot. Um, So I'm excited for everyone else to try it. And I was wondering if there was anything uh, in particular that you want to talk about with this.
2: Yeah, Crux Pills is our flagship. We were, uh, this is one of the first beers we went to market with in draft. And then when we went to the uh, multi-pack format, this was the first beer we released in cans. And that was back before everyone was releasing pilsners or craft pilsners so we were one of the first to get out there and i think you know it always helps to be first to market and this is a beer we like to say that it's really hard to just have one it's kind of like the yeah what's what was that chip commercial was it pringles or lays where you just couldn't eat one and i think larry bird was in one of those i don't know yeah this this one goes down easy um you know, it's 5.2 percent alcohol, 35 IBUs. It's brewed with whole flower Czech Saws and Oregon Sterling hops. So that's one thing that uh, makes us a little unique is we do use whole flower hops and have the hop back to strain them out in our system. So uh, we just like the the flavor that they provide and the aroma. So yeah, that's that's Czech Pills. That's one we all have in our fridge all the time. Yeah.
1: It doesn't get
0: old. Um, it's just so, so, so good and so drinkable, so tasty. Uh, I will un- unabashedly say this is the beer I've been looking forward to the most uh, in getting the box uh, because, yeah, it's I. Jason, you and I met and walked through the brewery and had a very nice meeting. Uh, the first day I was in Bend, the second day in Bend, I started my day at Crux and had maybe a few uh, pills to start off the day because <laughs> uh, this is a beer I could drink every day and it's so enjoyable. And something that maybe I didn't notice as much before or appreciate as much before is that aroma. There is a very subtle but complex aroma in there and i think it's because typically with the check pills it's only those oz hops and bringing in that pacific northwest character hop um really adds a, a unique element
2: yeah it's it's like i said it's a staple it's a great beer it's always on tap at our tasting room we just uh did a little experimental version where we dry hop this with the 586 hop which is a really tropical forward flavored hop and uh may have stumbled onto something there that one's pretty darn refreshing this in during the summer as well
0: uh so a, a, as you mentioned already crux was founded by one time Deschutes brewmaster larry sidor um sidor sidor i never know i never know how to pronounce you gotta pronounce write three up sidor sidor um what has been? What has it been like uh, working with someone for so long whose impact on the beer scene in the Pacific Northwest can, cannot possibly be understated or overstated? Oh my God, I'm butchering this question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry is a legend. Uh, he got his start at Olympia Brewing Company back when that was your local brewery. That was before craft existed. And then uh, from there, you know, spent some time working for the parent company of PAPS once they took him over and, and then uh, went into the hop industry up in Yakima. So, and then before becoming the, the, the brewmaster at Deschutes and then starting his own thing at Crux. So he knows literally everyone there is to know in the industry. Uh, it, it's amazing when you're traveling around with him. It's a one degree of separation type deal uh, with him. So it's pretty fun, just his knowledge, um, like I said, that's what makes us uh, uh, able to brew this this Pilsner in the clean, crisp way that it is and and our non-alcoholic beers, but also then to the opposite extreme, uh, our Tough Love Imperial Barrel Age Stout. And he's just a guy that doesn't quit. And the answer is never know. It's just he, he figures it out. So And then just with those connections. So Crux, I, I think, is special in that way. And even though Larry is kind of, you know, he's stepping aside from the day to day of running the company. We're actually excited because that's going to free him up to tinker around and do the the fun stuff, stuff he loves, you know? And so we'll see, we'll see where the, what the future holds, but you know, that guy's 72 and worked harder than any of us. So uh, I give him his props.
0: <laughs> 72 and just now stepping away from day-to-day operations in uh an industry that is not easy on your body and your mental health. Uh, I think that's really, really a special person, certainly.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's been a pleasure working with him and just um, you know, and working with him at the shoots too, and some of the classic recipes that he came up with there that that are still being brewed today, like. You know, red chair and the abyss and the dissident those were those were his babies back in the day
0: i i didn't know that he was the one that came up with the dissident that would make uh that would make that makes so much sense now the the success that crocs has had with its its big beers and it's all just, coming
2: together it's all coming together and his relationships <laughs> with the hop farmer so we get to play around with these hops you know for a brewery our size i mean we're pretty small we're only doing you know 15 000 barrels a year which i know it gets a lot smaller than that but um, coming from a Deschutes that's doing, I think, close to 300,000 a year. Um, you know, we get because of his relationships, we get to play around with hops before they have names like the 586 and 1019 and access to the fresh hops and for the fresh hop season coming up here quickly. We're all getting excited for that for sure. And um, actually, the photo in the background here, we grow hops on our fence and we brew a beer every year where the employees get together and pick those hops themselves oh, nice. and yeah, throw them in, throw them in the back, throw them in the kettle.
1: Uh, so you mentioned, uh, briefly the difference in size, uh, between Crux and Deschutes and, and you spent 17 years at Deschutes. Uh, so I, I was just wondering what the biggest difference between marketing for a brewery like Deschutes is versus Crux.
2: Yeah. Well, most of my days at the, or you know, last few years at Deschutes were spent, uh, marketing it in new states so i had the pleasure of traveling to fun places like pittsburgh and uh, cleveland philadelphia dc and then even when they were expanding to roanoke so the marketing efforts were focused primarily on that when i was there and here at crux we're in oregon and washington little bit of Idaho, a little bit of California. So pretty local. And I like that, you know, pretty local and regional small. It's all about our tasting room, which, um, is behind you there. And, and and honing in that experience. I mean, right now it's like a mini brew fest at our tasting room every weekend with our lawn that we have and, you know, people out there having fun and live music. So it's been fun to, you know, just kind of bring it in closer to home and be, you know, tied into the community in that way versus, um, traveling all over the world with all over the country, which although was very fun at that, at that time, um, this is more my speed. You mentioned
0: Pittsburgh. So of course I'm going to hone in on that. Uh, were you here when the shoots entered the market in Pittsburgh?
2: Yeah, that, that was my job was to help launch the beer into the market. Yeah.
0: Do you remember doing an event at a place called Caliente?
2: I don't. Oh, I okay. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. It might have been a little
0: bit before I was I was there, and that was I was a craft beer bar that I worked at, craft beer bar and pizza shop that I worked at, and um, like okay. when Lost Abbey came into the market, Tommy came in and did a an event, and and there was a bunch of events there for release uh, you know, entries into the market like that. And I swear I was working there when Deschutes entered the market because I remember having a mirror pond for the first time and being like, I like this a lot more than the other very, very hoppy, non-balanced IPAs that I'm having right now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, just taken aside there.
2: Yeah. Pittsburgh was a fun town. I'm glad you
0: enjoyed yourself here. You should come back. Uh, lots of breweries here now. Um, but people are going to get upset with me if I go too far into the Pittsburgh stuff. So to the chat, RJ has a great question. Uh, saw the website has a sundowner hour. How, how long does that usually last in the summer?
2: Well, the sundown hour is always a half hour before and a half hour after the sunset. So it's always an hour long. It just fluctuates to like right now. It's as late as it's going to be, which I think is about 830
0: to 930. Yeah, I was there when the sun went down the one night and it was gorgeous. You really have uh, exceptional views there. So final question to wrap things up here. This is our question we ask. Um, Most of our guests, all of our guests, most of our guests. Uh, What is one thing that you wish Bend was more well known for?
2: So I thought about that question since you prepped me earlier. And my response to that has to be Visit Bend has done such a good job of promoting it. And it's been written up in literally every magazine uh, in the country that I don't know that there's anything that isn't known about Bend, uh, that people don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's great for beer. You know, we've got a few distilleries as well. We got a kombucha, but, uh, you know, the, it's, we're all about, like you said, we're all about the outdoors, fly fishing, golfing, hiking, biking, whitewater rafting. I mean, you you can do it all here. So I don't know if there's anything that we need to be more famous for, because it seems like all the bases have been covered.
0: Uh, I want to touch on something in the chat that somebody, I think a lot of people associate with Bend uh, from around the country. Stephen asked last blockbuster question mark. And I'm <laughs> assuming it's, it's, I'm you've lived in Bend for some time working at both Crux and uh, Deschutes now for well over 20 years. Do you remember when that was just like the normal blockbuster that you would go to and get your movies from?
2: Well, here's what's funny. So that was, there were three blockbusters in town. And I would rent from the other two that have you know closed down a long time ago. I've never I still have not been in this last blockbuster that's had a do- I think it's had a documentary on it. I drive by Damn. it, you know, frequently and you'll see people standing out front getting their photos taken. And <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting. And I should take my kids there though, right? I mean, the the you know, that whole experience of having to go in and try and find something worth watching.
0: I'll tell you what. It was weird. I remember I'm 35. So I came up like that, that, that was like the weekend night for us. Let's go get a movie with blockbuster. So I had a very nostalgia. I had like a, a large desire for nostalgia going in there. And I walked in and it, it felt like a blockbuster that I remember with the aisle that splits off like this and looked around at all familiar. And then I started browsing movies and it was almost like a culture shock uh, because I'm so used to browsing on like. HBO go or Netflix or anything. that I was like, this is so weird to look at movies like this. I'm so jaded at this like process. I don't know. It you was...
1: just have pictures and words. You can't just like hover over the the case of the DVD and get like, a preview <laughs> yeah.
2: or a
0: trailer. You
2: got to flip your, re- you gotta flip it to the backside to read the you gotta read.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why can't when I flip it over, it starts playing a trailer or it just starts playing the first episode, like on Netflix. Yeah. i'm just i'm showing my uh laziness i don't know well i know that they
1: they used it as a venue for a while too where they had like comedy and, and music shows um which i guess adds to you know that that desire for interactive content once you've stepped inside but i don't know if it would scratch the itch for the nostalgia necessarily
2: i thought i heard you could rent it out like an airbnb as well is that is that true I need to look into it that. It sounds like know.
1: something that they would have to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think it, this is this is me terribly stalling while I look it up on on Google here. Uh, there was an article from 2020 about it, but I don't know if it's it's still available. That would be awesome to just. What do they do? Do they just like here? Here's an air mattress. Sleep on the floor over and that. Don't touch. Yeah, the I Russell could be Crow making stuff. it up. I don't know. Sounds There's like an a cool idea
2: though. sleep in sleep in the last last blockbuster and watch a movie and eat some popcorn and call it good i don't know i guess i'll have to go in now let's just stop by
0: i I think you should and i would appreciate a report back from you
2: all right i'll (laughs) I'll report back for sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) no uh thank you so much jason for joining us uh where can people find Crux spears
2: Well, Crux uh, can be found in most stores in Oregon and Washington, Uh, Northern California, a little bit, a little bit of Southern Idaho. Uh, That's about it. And right now we're shipping NOMO online, just in Oregon and Washington though, just because of the heat, just doesn't treat beer well when it's sitting in the back of a UPS or post office truck for a week. So we're going to take a pause on that as temperatures are hitting over a hundred in places. So, uh, but in the fall, we'll probably return back to shipping it a little bit more. So on the West coast side of things. Okay. But, yeah. And then we love, love uh, partnering with Bruvana like this. So people can get access to beer, such as crux pills that they can't normally get their hands on.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy for this too, because I mean, I, I got to have two more of these Also want to say thank you for the hospitality. When I came and visited, that was my first stop and it was a great first stop that set up for a wonderful trip. Very much enjoyed Bend. And I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, numerous Crux Pilses I drank while I was there. Awesome.
2: Yeah. and I mean, the beer scene here too is pretty robust for a small little town. So we're pretty pretty, um, fortunate here and but Ben's in the, Ben's in the hub, Portland's off the charts.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this pills is, is, is an Oregon staple. I think it's safe to say at this point, point. and I am going to continue uh, enjoying having my uh, regular access to it. Uh, literally at the plaid pantry, just down the street. Um, oh, excellent. I, I can yeah. pound these all summer long. So, yeah. So thank
0: you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right on.
0: Thanks again, Jason, for joining us. Thank you, Ben, uh, for co-hosting. Good to see you again. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, very welcome. Looking forward to doing more episodes with you. Likewise. Maybe call back to our, uh, our, our Christmas stream. Maybe, maybe I'll freestyle one of these days. I,
1: it, it, it has to happen. And I will <laughs> ruthlessly demand that it happen until it does.
0: Well, maybe on that night we're drinking those two like nine percent beers from monkless uh we can <laughs> we can we can do that
1: uh i, I saw those and i got hopeful
0: <laughs> for now you can find more from the wonderful folks at crux at Cruxfermentation.com. you can also find more from our our friends the other episodes uh, this other episodes featured brewery bridge 99 at bridge99brewery.com as for us head over to brewvana.com to continue your brews less traveled experience check out the blog over there and you can also sign up for the beer club and get great beers like these shipped directly to you so you can drink right alongside us here on the live stream uh you can also follow us on all the social medias at Bruvana. We'll be back next week with our next featured brewery from the wonderful city of Bend. It's going to be Good Life Brewing Company. uh, But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries. Cheers, everybody. Cheers,
2: y'all. Cheers.